Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast. This is episode 56 now of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Glad you're listening, however you got here, however you're joining us today, whether it's through iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, maybe the Albuquerque Journal's website, abqjournal.com slash sports. We post all our episodes there. However you got here, much appreciated. Also very much appreciative of all the feedback you guys give me via email and on social media as well. So for all these podcasts and all our coverage of sports at the Albuquerque Journal, including my global basketball coverage. So much appreciative for all the feedback and for you, the readers and the listeners of this podcast. As I record this episode, episode 56 of the podcast, it is Thursday, December 15th. The Lobos are coming off a win on a neutral court against a pretty good San Francisco Dons team. was by far uh, one of their worst offensive performances of the season, and yet they found a way to win. And the big number that came with that was 10-0. The Lobos are now 10-0, and again, as I record this, they are one of seven Division I teams that are undefeated. So the shift of focus and, and attention and energy and excitement around the program all shift towards Sunday now. And Sunday, of course, is the big Patino versus Patino matchup in the pit. Rick Patino brings his Iona Gales to Albuquerque to play Richard Patino's UNM Lobos. Now, while this is getting some national attention, some national buzz, a little bit of curiosity from the national media, but also it, it is a big game. These are two very good basketball programs in Iona and in um, in the Lobos, of course. Iona, for those that don't know, they're number 31 in the net right now as I record this. They're number 57 in Ken Palm. The UNM Lobos, as good as their 10-0 season has been so far, they are 24 in the net, but in Ken Palm, they're still ranked 78. So in some of the uh, metrics, some of the computer rating systems, Iona's going to be ahead of the Lobos, and in some of them, the Lobos are going to be ahead of Iona. So these are two pretty evenly matched teams. It's part of the reason they actually played this game was because it's not really going to hurt either opponent, but it gives both of them an opportunity at a really good win that helps bolster an NCAA resume. But what it also does is put a lot of attention on that father-son relationship, something that Richard Patino has had to deal with his whole life, being named Patino and then going into college coaching like his Hall of Fame dad, and, and he's always been gracious with it. But scheduling this game didn't exactly afford him you know, a window of not having to answer a bunch of those questions that sometimes probably get on his nerves a little bit. So he actually opened up Thursday's press conference with local media with this it's been um 40 years of answering dumb questions about my dad so you guys get a free pass today so richard patino extends to the local media the opportunity to ask all the dumb questions we could possibly think of about his dad and boy did we deliver it was about a 20 minute press conference i'd say 17 or 18 minutes we're all about his dad, about his last name, about his relationship, about the game, and very little about the actual opponent as far as the team and the players go. But this is a unique game. This is a unique situation. And it's something that he, frankly, has been having fun with. Obviously, he, he was poking a little fun opening the presser with the dumb questions comment. But uh, after Saturday's win in the pit against UT San Antonio, a reporter had asked if there was going to be an upcoming media availability before the Iona game, to which Richard offered up the following. Yeah. Did you know my dad coaches Iona? No. <laughs> what? Yes. No yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good storyline. So clearly he's been having fun with it. 
obviously the questions about his dad are going to follow him the rest of his life. So I, I talked with him. I talked with some others, too, about this matchup, the Patino versus Patino matchup. They have coached against each other before. Um, they both now are saying things that you're supposed to say as coaches, that this game is not about them. It is not about beating his dad. It is not about dad beating his son. It's about the Iona Gales and the UNM Lobos. And that's what they want you to believe. They they want the hype to build a a big non-conference game for both teams and to fill the pit if they can. I think they're going to get about 14,000 fans there. So they want all that attention for that. But then when it comes down to the game itself, they will tell you that it is not about them. It is about the two programs. I don't know if I believe that. So I talked to some people that talked about their competitive side. I talked to Dick Vitale and asked him about what he thinks is going to happen on Sunday. So Dick Vitale joins me later on this podcast. I talked to an assistant coach who worked for both Patinos, Dan McHale, the former Lobo assistant who cut his teeth in the coaching profession as a staffer on Rick Patino's Louisville team in 2001. He was actually a student at Kentucky before that and was a team manager at Kentucky. Went started his coaching under Rick Patino, later coached for two years with Richard Patino at Minnesota. And he was actually, on the last time these two guys coached against each other, father and son Patino, it was Dan McHale who sat on an airplane between the two of them on the flight home from Puerto Rico. They played in the Armed Forces Bowl in 2015, I believe it was. And Louisville won. And they wanted to break down game film afterwards, so... They called Dan McHale, who had the scout for Minnesota, and he sits between Rick Pitino on one side and Richard Pitino on the other, and they're going at it, watching the game film, and Dan shares that story with us. So pretty cool about you know Dick Vitale talking about the competitive juices. We got Dan McHale talking about how intense that game was the last time they coached and how he's looking forward to this Sunday game. It's very two very competitive people. This podcast will feature not only Dick Vitale and Dan McHale, but some sound from both Rick Pitino uh, from a post-game press conference he had recently this week at Iona, but also some sound that I've gathered over the last couple weeks and really actually since Richard Pitino's been at UNM about how this how this game with Iona came about and really the, the origin story, if you will, about how the Iona game did come about goes all the way back to March of 2021 when Richard Pitino's introductory press conference at UNM is the new basketball coach of the Lobos, even then he started kind of flirting with the idea of Rick Pitino playing a game in the pit. You know, when I got the job, I got a text right away that said, how about we play an Iona, New Mexico game in Las Vegas? I said, how about you leave me alone? That's what I said. <laughs> Why don't you prepare for the NCAA tournament? So my follow-up to him then at that press conference was... You said, you know, your dad, he'll be here. He'll be a part of this. He'll, he'll be loud. We'll hear him. You also said he's competitive. But then you said he wants to, he already asked you if you guys can play in Las Vegas. Are you saying Rick Pitino's afraid to come to the pit? <laughs> Not going to answer the last part, but yes, he is. Um, although he's undefeated in the pit, he's got one more win than me in the pit. So you can fast forward from that introductory press conference through the 20, I guess that was 2021-22 season of a year ago when the Lobos win 13 games, and, and then they finally do it. They set up a home-and-home home series between the Iona Gales and the UNM Lobos, where the Lobos will be hosting Iona this weekend. And really, it's it's kind of a geography thing, at least a little bit. 
Iona obviously being in New York, they play in the Diamond Head Classic next week in Hawaii, so they wanted kind of a stop on the way to Hawaii, a pit stop, if you will, and they, they set this game up, so next year, the UNM Lobos owe Iona a game in New York, and while Richard Pitino isn't exactly ecstatic about that, he is excited about the fact that this game kind of did what he, he had hoped it would accomplish. Part of what he wanted to do in the rebuild of the Lobo basketball program was was rebuild the fan base, give them games to be excited about. Is the community starting to get excited about Lobo basketball again? They're 10-0. and 0. Iona's coming to town. Rick Pitino's coming to town. That's why I did it. Um, and it's certainly proven to be something that the community is excited about. Um, you know, I was dropping my kids off at school today and some parent yelled, kick your dad's ass. I was like, in front of the kids. So clearly the excitement around Albuquerque is getting back. It is coming back a little bit. 10 and O's, obviously the number one reason for that. They're winning games. That's, that's the biggest thing. But also games like this where, where you're bringing Rick Patino, you're bringing the coach's dad to coach another team in. That, that kind of stuff does get fans a little bit excited, but you then get to put up with local media asking you about it, national media asking you about your dad, and, and you can be gracious as, as Richard Pertino always is with those questions, and he's always been polite in answering those questions, but it's not something he necessarily enjoys. So he kind of has to put up with all that. And I asked him a couple weeks ago in another podcast I did with him about that, about a little bit more about setting up the game and why they needed it, why it, it made sense for both programs to play the game, but also how he – does he want to win this game? Of course he does for the program. Does he need to win this game because it's against his dad? His answer is no. It, it isn't about beating his dad. Even if he beats him, he has a, a pretty good perspective on where his dad ranks in the hierarchy of college basketball coaching, and, and he's not there yet. I, I think he has really good perspective on that, and this answer that he gave me a couple weeks ago – in another podcast we did. I'm a fan of Iona. You know, like I'm not, I'm not watching them to game plan for my, our game. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm watching them because I want Iona to win. I'm, I don't have a pen and pad out and I'm sitting there trying to critique the way they play. And I think he's watching our St. Mary's game and he's a fan of the Lobos. Um, it'll only turn after the San Fran game. You know, when I start to game plan for Iona. Um, so as much as people like to make it about me versus my dad, like it's really not going to be that. The only reason I played my dad is because I want Lobo fans to get excited about games in the non-conference and you get a team, you, you, you get that, like I've said this many times, I don't like attention. I don't, I'm not, that's not what I'm all about. But if I can use this father son thing to get fans in the stands to come see us play, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it. So um, nothing right now about it. I mean, there's been some logistical things of who's flying in, where's everybody staying. Um, but other than that, like, I don't want to beat my dad because it's my dad, come Iona. I really don't. Like, I, I don't care. My dad's in the Naismith Hall of Fame. Like, I'm not going to catch up to him. You know, like, you got to have to give me about 50 years to catch him in wins. That's not my goal. My goal will be to get us a quality win. It'll be to fill the pit because that's part of this rebuild. And we got one of those taken away. I want to sell it out, but I want to beat a quality team. That really is what it is. It's not going to be like, if I beat my dad, what am I going to say? Oh, well, you have two national titles and you're in the nation of the Hall of Fame, but I beat you. Like the hell is that? 
No, like he's made like a hundred million dollars coaching. He's got me beat. I know he's got me beat. Um, I'm just, I think it's a great game to engage in our community. I think it's a great game to help improve our net and our Ken Palm. Other than that, like he's got me beat in the coaching department. He's coached two NBA teams. I was fired at 39 years old. I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Comfortable in his own skin. There you go. You hear Richard Patino himself say that he understands that like beating his dad isn't going to be the accomplishment that maybe some people think it might be. But, you know, of course, it's a good win for the Lobos if they win. But I, I think there's probably a piece of him that, that would love to beat his dad. He is 0-2 so far against his dad. And there are some competitive juices flowing, obviously, in Richard Patino. That's a big big part of why he is so successful as the coach himself. He is 40 years old, and, and he did already coach, you know, eight years in the Big Ten, and, and he has been the architect of a, of a pretty quick turnaround for the UNM Lobo basketball program from dead last in the Mountain West two years ago when a coaching change was made, and they were ranked 294th in the Ken Palm rankings. And, you know, 40 games later, uh, 30 last year and 10 so far this year, they're already up to 78 in Ken Palm. They're 10-0. and 0. They're looking like a team that just might be able to compete in year two of this rebuild in, for a Mountain West Championship. So they went from dead last to, to maybe competing for a title this year, certainly one of the top seeds in the Mountain West Tournament. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's done good with all that, and that comes with being a guy that does have some some competitive juices flowing and, and maybe some competitive juices in his DNA because he is a Patino. So that's when I reached out to other people who, who might have some perspective on that competitive f- fire in the Patino DNA, and I asked everybody's favorite college basketball analyst. I I say that tongue-in-cheek. I know some people don't care for Dick Vitale. Others love him. He has a history in this sport, and he certainly has familiarity with the Patinos, Rick Patino in particular, and he's been to the pit. He was was at the the famous Jim Valvano national championship game in the pit that really put the arena on the map. So Dick Vitale was gracious enough with his time this week to talk with me and give me a couple a couple minutes of his time to tell me about the Patino game and how excited he is to see it happen this weekend. Well, you know, I think it's just a great basketball story. I mean, here's a dad who certainly has played a vital role in the success of his son and his son entering the coaching uh, fraternity. And, you know, Richard's had a, a solid background and now this year seems to finally really things turn in a very positive way with him. Some good quality wins and being unblemished, undefeated, one of the few. I think, I don't know, last time I had, I think there were seven unbeaten yeah. teams. Yeah, down and to seven. Might change. Excuse me? Yeah, it's down to seven right now, still at seven. Yeah, seven. And, you know, so I think it's a great story. You know, anytime you get two father and son hooking up, and especially with a team that's undefeated, playing at home where basketball is, you know, special down there. Certainly in Albuquerque, and Pitt is a special place. And here comes a Hall of Famer. Is Dan being a Hall of Famer down there with a good team? I mean, there's, I believe there's seven that you won four straight, and they've been playing really well lately. So should be a very interesting uh, battle. I think the biggest beneficiary is going to be the fans. I did a story this past uh, summer on the TBT coming to Albuquerque, and Lafonso Ellis was a coach. So I was looking up if Lafonso Ellis had ever been in the pit, 
And he had at a or at a high school all American game that you covered in the pit way back in the uh, the early ni- or sometime in the nineties, I suppose it was. And uh, I I just came across that. So you obviously have been in the pit, but it's been a while. Um, yeah, I've been there. So I was there uh, uh, when also uh, Jimmy V won the national championship, and uh, and that was very special as well. I remember being at the press conference, sitting next to his father. His father was so proud. So his name is Kid Albuquerque, and, uh, <laughs> so I, so I was there. But uh, I haven't been there in a long, long time because they haven't had a you know a team that really uh, uh, you know was the kind of special team that would be on national TV and played in a big, big game. It's certainly an exciting time. Who's televised? I don't even know who's televised in this game. FS1, I believe, is who who has this one. Who does? Uh, FS1, Fox Sports. Oh, okay, yeah, right, right. No, it'd be a fun kind of game. I hope I get a chance. What time is the game? I got a game Saturday. Got, uh, well, this game is Sunday. Yeah, right? this is yeah, four thirty on Sunday. Four thirty Mountain Sunday, Time. Yeah, yeah four thirty Mountain uh, on Sunday. Hope I get a chance to see a little bit of it. But uh, you know, <clears throat> he's learned a lot from Rick. Rick is certainly a brilliant tactician and a guy that really in the gym is nobody finer. Really, I mean, he as a teacher. As a guy that breaks down a game and runs drills every day to perfection with his players, I mean, he's really, that's, that's his calling. And I think a lot of that's rubbed off on Richard. I'll, I'll let you uh, go on this one. Have, have you, have you through the years, I know you know Rick really well from covering him and, and you've, you've spoken about him a lot through the years and he's a Hall of Famer, of course. Um, have you gotten to know Richard at all through the years? Were you able to... You know, yeah, you know, I've gotten to know Richard a little bit through my travels. Not as not as obvious as much as like his dad, but certainly met him a number of times uh, through uh, uh, his coaching path that he went through. And you know, but I haven't really shared really where I could give you insightful a lot of personal stuff at all. Rick, I can't. <laughs> well, let me ask you this one thing about Rick. Then they've both said that while for Richard particularly getting the the crowd back to the pit and getting rebuilding this program in Albuquerque into Lobos that's had seven, eight years of, of downtime. He said this is big to, to play his dad and get the attention, but the game itself isn't at all about him and his dad. Rick said the same thing after a game last night that I know Richard's going to want to beat me because it's New Mexico versus Iona, but it's not, you know, father versus son. Does that sound like Rick to you? Does, does once the game starts, it's not so much about them and it's uh, more about the teams? Or do you think that there's some competitive juices that father and son really do want to want to get after one another on Sunday? Well, I think anybody that's on a sideline like that is, is certainly competitive. Both of them are fierce competitors and both want to succeed and both want to win. But obviously it's a, a situation where players have to perform and perform to a high level to make it happen. But uh, uh, but they want to win. There's no question about it. Both guys who fierce. I know Rick really well. I can tell you this. Uh, he hates to lose in checkers or anything. I mean, the guy's a, a bored competitor, and I'm sure that's rubbed off on his son. And the son got into the coaching profession. But uh, I think when the game starts, I'll be more up to, you know, execution, efficiency, who's playing well, who's not playing well, and a strategy, all the things it takes to get to the winner's circle. But no, I just don't like I gotta meet my son or my son, I gotta meet my father. I don't think that's there at all. There's a lot of love between both guys. Is the place sold out? Nah, but it's gonna get pretty close and it hasn't been sold out here for since two thousand fifteen was the last time the pit sold out. What is the total? Fifteen four eleven. 
So what do they got right now? About eleven? Yeah, they're gonna. I, I just actually about an hour ago got off the phone and they were they were trending towards. I think they'll get they'll be pushing fourteen, is what I'm thinking. And uh, I I think if sell out, they might be able to get some PR. <laughs> well, so they they sold out all their suites, which is good in, in this modern era when you can sell the suites out. Those are the good money. Right. Um, so it's it's uh it's trending in the right direction. Have you seen Richard Steele? I have not seen him. How good are they? Well, I can tell you this: they they're good inside for the first time in a while, and they're definitely good outside. They're they're two guards. It's not just Richard who has a well known dad. You know, it's Jalen House, who's Eddie House's son, is the point guard, and Jamal Mashburn yeah. Jr. is the uh, yeah, the leading scorer. Yeah, he came from Minnesota. Yeah, and and they're they're legit, man. They're um, I, I really think they have a chance to make a little bit of a run at San Diego State in the Mountain West, and I think they they break. Did what, they play San Diego State yet? No, they play uh, mid January, so that'll that'll be the big one. And you know these. I beat San Francisco. I know it's a pretty good team. Well, they beat somebody else. Uh, really well, they the yeah, they beat, uh, St. Mary's. Who? They beat St. Mary's. They ended St. Mary's twenty three. Yeah, twenty three game home win streak. Twenty three game win streak. So that was yeah. the that was the big test, and they passed it. You know, they've only had one really big test, but that was the one, and they passed it. So, right. um, it's good to see them and UNLV well, at ten and zero. I think the game's gonna come down to who does well on the interior because the guards will probably negate each other. They both got good guards. Kid Jenkins and the kid Clayton are very good for uh, Iona. Yeah, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing them run up and down a little bit with the guards. But you're right. I mean, who's gonna score at the rim, and that'll that'll probably end up being what it's about. But it's awesome, baby. With a cap of the light. I gotta run now, man. Should be awesome, baby. Appreciate your time, Dick. Thank you. Take care, man. So there you go. There's Dick Vital of all people chiming in on this weekend's Patino versus Patino game. He knows Rick very well, knows Richard as, as well, but certainly knows Rick very well. They're close, and he knows that there is competitive juices flowing through both of these men and that they, they're gonna get after it. But that's because that's who they are. And and he said Rick Pitino doesn't even want to lose in checkers. That's a soundbite. Then that leads me to this next soundbite, rather, where Rick Pitino, after his team's game on Tuesday night, they beat Princeton, a neutral court game back east. And after that game, he talked about the UNM game, and he talked about playing Richard, and he talked about why he thinks Richard and the UNM Lobos are going to try and beat them by 30, and he talks about how much he hates losing. It is audio that I took from the Iona Gales Athletic Department YouTube page. They they posted the post game video. So like I said, the audio is uh, do do have some trouble here with the audio. I apologize in advance for that, but I'm very appreciative of the Iona Gales Athletic Department uh, sports information director rather for uh, for posting this audio and this video that he did on the team's YouTube page. So here's Rick Pitino when he was asked on Tuesday night about the upcoming game in the pit against his son and the UNM Lobos. Well, I think it's going to be a big treat for the players. Uh, and I told them this. I said, they're going to have 13,000, 14,000 fans. And I said, Rich is going to look to beat us by 30. 30. He's not going to say, I'll take it easy on that. And the reason he's going to try to beat us by 30 is, I taught him that way. I taught him that way. <clears throat> so we're going to go in there and do everything humanly possible to win the game. We know at every position, they're great. That's a tribute to Richard. You know, with Richard, we, we do, we have, uh, tonight Ricky Johnson, he did the defense against Princeton. Bob <clears throat> did the underneath sideline out of bounds plays and press offense. 
to lead the defense. I made Richard, when he was assistant coach, do every scout of every game, only under me, underneath sideline, press up, nobody else can touch him. I think I took him off two games. I didn't want him to feel that. What else of being entitled? He was working 14, 15 hours a day when he was in high, high uh, college at Providence. He became a high school coach. Then he became a GA. He didn't have the normal fun of a college going out drinking beer. He was coaching. So I'm very, very proud of him. Uh, love him to death. And from what he knows, he's not coaching against me. He's coaching against Iota. And he knows how much I want to win. And even more so, how much I hate to lose. So there you hear Rick Pitino making it very clear he hates to lose, as Dick Vitale said. And, and as we know about Rick Pitino, his competitive juices are certainly going to be flowing Sunday, too. And while he may say he doesn't, it's not about beating his son, and, and Richard's going to say it's not about beating his dad, those two guys certainly want to win the game. And, and it might not be about the other one per se, but man, do they want to beat each other on Sunday because that's what they're in this profession for. That's what drives them is the competition, but also meticulous work ethic. Um, the and Rick Pitino talked about that that he instilled in Richard this this work ethic, this drive to be great at what you do, and that sometimes uh, it can be very demanding and demanding of of coaching staffs around you sometimes and and all that kind of stuff. So. That is what Rick Pitino knows is known for. Like he has a coaching tree around him, and he he's known as being a very demanding, um, very demanding head coach. And there's a lot of success that comes from that Pitino coaching tree as a result of that. But he's also he he creates a family environment. He he he's well respected in the coaching community for the way he treats not only his assistants but their families, their spouses, their children, and he takes care of the people that are part of that coaching tree and are part of his coaching staffs through the years, but he does demand an awful lot of them. I think that's where we then fast forward to the Dan McHale part of this podcast. And, and the former Lobo assistant coach, Dan McHale, he, he did work for Rick Pitino, and then he did work for a couple of years for Richard Pitino at Minnesota. And in 2015, when they played a game against each other in Puerto Rico, it was Dan McHale's scout. And Minnesota gets beat up a little bit by that Louisville team. A pretty darn good Louisville team, obviously. Went to an Elite Eight that year and won a national championship a couple years prior. So we're talking a very high level, very elite level at that time Louisville program. And uh, they did. They, they beat Minnesota, who was coming off an NIT championship in Richard Pitino's first year. And Minnesota was supposed to be good. Their second year wasn't as good as their first. But they were... Opening the year in the Armed Forces Classic, they play each other. Minnesota loses by 13. Afterwards, Dan McHale gets to uh, they. they <laughs> this is funny to me that the two teams took the same plane. They they flew together to Puerto Rico, which sounded like a good idea at first. And and as Dan says, it was fun on the way there, but on the way back, there is a losing team and a winning team. Then on the same plane. So while he was trying to break down the game film, and because he had the scout. Rick Pitino and Richard Pitino, who are sitting next to each other up in the front of the plane, call him up there to to break down some of that game film with them. And and it was not a fun experience at the time, but it's a memorable one for Dan McHale that he he loves telling the uh, loves the fact that that he learned so much from from both of them in that moment. And as miserable as it might have been in that moment, it's a, a story he's going to remember the rest of his life. And he shares that with us right here. Hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with Dan McHale, the former Lobo assistant 
who also worked on the coaching staffs of both Rick Pitino and Richard Pitino. It's great to reconnect with you, Jeff. Uh, always good to see you. Um, appreciate you having me. But uh, yeah, no, I've got nothing but admiration for, for both uh, Coach Pitino and, and Coach Pitino Jr. Uh, really, really appreciate um, the time I spent working for both Rick and Richard. Uh, Coach Patino Sr. gave me uh, my first shot in coaching uh, as soon as I graduated from University of Kentucky. I was fortunate to be hired as a graduate assistant on uh, his first staff at Louisville. Uh, what an amazing experience right out of college, 21 years old. It's like being hired at a Fortune 500 company. Uh, obviously, Hall of Fame coach Patino, learning from him every single day, but an incredible staff of, of Mick Cronin at UCLA now and Kevin Willard at Maryland and Scotty Davenport at, at, at Bellarmine. Uh, for me, I was just able to be a sponge, learn, for, learn from the best, um, live it, love it. I lived with the players in, in, in the dorms and, uh, and just, you know, work 18 hours a day at, at such a dream job. Um, so I'm very, very thankful for Coach Patino giving me that opportunity. Worked with him uh, for four years at Louisville. Uh, that's where I got to meet Richard. Richard was uh, still finishing up as a student at Providence College. Um, and, and I had a chance to work with him when he came back to work his dad's summer camps and, and we kind of developed a relationship for, uh, from there. Uh, and then, you know, you fast forward, oh, I don't know, 10, yeah, 10, 10 years later and Richard gets the um, job at the University of Minnesota. And I was fortunate uh, to be hired as his assistant coach on, on that staff um, and had a great two years with him there. Uh, we won a lot of games. And, and had a lot of fun winning an NIT championship. And then obviously we reconnected in Albuquerque uh, eight years after that. So uh, they've been a big part of my life and very thankful for, for both of them and, and for, for all they've done. And, and I'm excited to see them battle this weekend. One of those two years at Minnesota was um, one of those two years at Minnesota. It's one of the two times previously that father son have coached against each other. I guess there was, there was one in his first season as a head coach before getting to Minnesota, as he has described it. They they collected the, the check and just kept kept driving. So um, uh, the Minnesota one, uh, obviously two power conference schools, though, at that point uh, going against each other. So that one was in Puerto Rico, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Kind of one of those early season, not preseason, but early season um, made for TV uh, military base. Is that right? Yeah, we were playing it on, on a um – on a hangar. It was kind of a open air. We had, we had a roof above us, but there, it was open air. There was no, uh, there was no windows. Um, it was, it was a really cool event. So uh, yeah, right in Puerto Rico on a, on a military base. And uh, we kicked off the season uh, playing the top 10 ranked Louisville Cardinals. Um, very, very good team. Montrez Harrell was a star on that team. Uh, I remember that because uh, it was my scout and Montrez, I believe had made two career threes. Uh, going into that game, and I think it was four for four from three in the in the first half. So I remember looking at Richard and saying, "What is going on here? This kid's auditioning." But uh, no, fun <laughs> trip, uh, fun going down. Not so much fun flying home. We uh, we decided it'd be a great idea to charter a plane with them. Uh, who who, does, who when you say we decided that would be a great <laughs> idea? Who who decided that? Was that again you who had the scout that decided? No, that no, I had no no say in the travel at that time. So I don't know. It was above my pay grade there, but the athletic departments decided, yeah, it'd be a great idea to share a plane. So we 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 started in Minnesota, 
we flew into Louisville. We picked them up. They hopped on board and flying there was a lot of fun. You know, everyone was laughing, having a good time, telling stories. Our families are on the flight. Um, you know, our kids are young at the time. Um, and, and we had a great time on the way there. We land, we stay at the same hotel and um, we had team dinners together the night before, you know, coach Patino was talking to, to the Gophers, giving us advice and, and um, everything was great up until uh, up until tip off. <laughs> well, let me uh, let me interject there. As far as the game goes, um, I am I pulled up the box score, and uh, yep, yeah, sure enough, uh, I'm looking at Ken Palm. So they have the little MVP notation next to the player that had the best game, and, and sure enough, Montrez Harrell, uh, thirty points. <laughs> um, three or four three-pointers, seven rebounds, yeah. and a couple of steals. So, yeah, uh, in that game, Louisville did win 81-68. So not a blowout, but, you know, 13 points. Um, I'm looking like kind of – it looks like they were up throughout the game, and, and then you guys kept it close, tied actually in the second half. But it looks like they got on you 13 points at halftime then a pretty even second half. But um, but they got you guys. Yeah, we battled back. And, look, it was it was a good good barometer for us. Um you know, they were a top 10 team, really good team. And we were good. We were coming off a 25-win season as well. We had returned four to five starters. We had NCAA tournament aspirations that year. And it was a good first uh, good first test. But, um, you know, it was – you're right, 13 at the half, Montrez is shooting threes. Um, and and we did make a little run the second half to cut it, but but couldn't get over the hump. But, and for context, yeah. I'm looking – that year Louisville did finish – it was an Elite Eight year. Uh, they finished with an overtime loss to Michigan State, looks like, in the Elite Eight, and uh, they were 27-win team. So, yeah, not not a bad uh, – <laughs> not one of Rick Pitino's worst teams, that's for sure. No, they were good. They were good. And and, and we had our moments that year, too. We just had some injuries, and we, we had some big wins. We won at Michigan State that year. Um, but, uh, no, no, it was a fun game. Um, it was a uh, interesting flight home. Yeah, the uh, the the game was was what it was. You guys got out of it what you needed, a little exposure, maybe a little experience, all that good stuff. But tell me about that flight home. Then you guys are on the <laughs> same plane, and uh, Rick Pitino and Richard Pitino are are on a plane together, winning team, losing team, which which is obviously an interesting dynamic. But uh, specific to the Pitinos and maybe even the families, like how did that go? <laughs> yeah, you know, after a loss, it, it's it's never fun. Um, it's, but it's, it's 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 a little bit interesting too. You, you feel for the players as well. In, in in the front of the plane, the Louisville players are celebrating, have a good time, laughing, joking, and our guys that you know had had just you know they they were afraid to to even crack a smile on the way home. You know that's how it is after a loss. But we uh, we were great. I remember you know I pulled out my laptop, I took out my notepad, I was going to break down the film like we do after every game. And I'm about three minutes into the game and I'm sitting next to my wife and, and my kids, Daniel and Lily at the time. And I got my, my headphones on listening to the game and, and um, you know, upset about the loss, but just wanted to see what we could have done better. And the next thing I hear is Coach Patino Sr.'s voice snapped around, Dan McHale, come up here. And the next thing I know, you know, he, Richard and his dad were watching the film. Richard moves over one seat. They, I sit right in the middle and for the next two hours have to uh, kind of get it from both coaches about how we defended this pick and roll, why we defended this underneath that of bounds the way we did. What were we thinking there? And uh, I think the context was to start off, you know, Richard, why'd you guard it like that? And he said, I don't know. It was Dan Scout. So and that's, that's where I got uh, planted right in the middle of them. Uh, and we had to kind of dissect every single play and, and, and why, uh, why we, why we came up short, but uh, it comes with the nature of the territory. Uh, I'm very, very thankful to 
to be in that opportunity to sit between two great coaches. But uh, at that time, it wasn't the most enjoyable flight coming home. But we learned from it. We moved on. Uh, I, I do remember uh, very uh, clearly that Mrs. Patino, Mrs. Patino, Joanne, you know, finally tapped tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, come on, Dan, come on back here. Just sit, sit back here. Leave them alone, guys. And, uh, <laughs> and I was thankful for, the, for Mrs. P doing that. Yeah, but uh, that was fun. It's one of those memories you you uh, you, you don't forget. You, uh, you learn from. You become a better coach from. Anytime you can sit next to Rick Pitino for two hours and, and go over a game, um, you know you look back and it, it's it's such a, a pleasant experience because he just makes you better as a coach. I am curious how much of you sitting between them and and uh, him maybe Richard deflecting a little bit saying you had the scout and, and, and Rick kind of telling you like how much of it was them sort of going back and forth, at least a little bit at each other, but through you kind of using you as the buffer. And yeah, and- look, when, when you win, you know, it's the head coach, it's the head coach one. And when you lose, you, you blame it. You look for someone to blame it on. No, I'm just, kidding. <laughs> uh, just the old, the old adage, but no, yeah. uh, I think they, you know, Richard was frustrated. He wanted to beat his dad and, and um, we thought we had a team that could do it with with the four four to five starters coming back from twenty five win team, and we didn't. We didn't. We ran into a buzzsaw. They were really good that day. Uh, I think. Like, well, I was going to say he in in build up to this game now. He he's made it a point kind of over and over, Richard. That is uh, to talk about this. You know, he's not really in a place right now where he he cares as much. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not buying it. Like he wants to win this game, and he would love to beat his dad. But it does seem like he's in a place now where maybe it doesn't weigh on him quite as much as maybe it did in 2014 when you guys played that game um, in the to start the 14-15 season. And, and uh, maybe he did really want that one and it bugged him. I don't know that he'll be as bothered if, if they if, if Iona happens to, to pick <laughs> off the Lobos on this Sunday. Of course, I'm not going to be sitting on a plane with them afterwards either, I so I, I won't know for do, sure. Do, do you believe that, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> it, um, se- it seems well, like he might be in a different place than he was then, but like maybe not. Yeah. Maybe he is as competitive as ever, and he's doing a really good job of of kind of saying, you know, it's not the same. Like he, he doesn't maybe have the same need to win this game as maybe he right. once did. No, he's got great perspective, and that happens as you get older. I, I've got great perspective now through my experiences and Richard's got great perspective then at that point you know he was 31 years old 30 years old and and you don't see the world the way you see it now so no trust me he wants to win this game but he's got (laughs) great perspective um you know same thing Rick wants to win this game but I you know he's got better perspective than all of us uh I just think it's a it's a great opportunity for the two of them uh to compete with you know 14,000 people in an incredible environment uh you look back and, and you realize you know, how special New Mexico is and, and how special the pit is. So it's going to be a great game. I'll, I'll be watching. Um, and uh, like I've watched pretty much all the games this year, they're, they're playing terrific. And, uh, and I've had a chance to see Iona play quite a few times this year, uh, being so close to where I am now. I appreciate it. The, uh, the Sunday's obviously going to be an interesting game, you know, win or lose, neither one of these teams is really going to get derailed by this outcome because they're both doing well enough where this isn't a bad loss for either one of them. And um, so they're both enjoying success, which probably makes the, uh, the family part of this and the extended uh, Patino family um, connections a little bit easier to, to bear because they're both doing well. I don't think either team needs this to make or break their season, it would, but it would certainly help whichever team wins. Absolutely. No, they, they're both having terrific years and, and great net rankings, and it'll be a great win for uh, for either team. But it'll be a great family atmosphere. They, they travel with family and extended family, and I know that uh, a lot of the uh, the uh, the friends of the program are, are going to be traveling into the pit and seeing how great and special uh, that building is. 
Dan, I appreciate you for sharing the story and uh, hope everything's going well for you and your family. Absolutely, Jeff. Going great. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. And uh, I've got to bring my son down to the pit one of these days this year. He's uh, he's dying to get back out there. <laughs> they're missing. They're missing. The ball boys are, are still trying to recover uh, since he left. So they, they're still uh, patching some holes that uh, that the void that he left. So we will be there. I appreciate it. Go Lobos. Go Gales. Should be a fun game. All right. So there you go. There's Dan McHale reminiscing a little bit about his unique, very unique perspective on the Patino versus Patino battle coming up this weekend since he was there the last time they they coached against each other, and he has worked for both men. So appreciate Dan for taking the time to do that, and appreciate Dick Vital for doing the same. As we wrap this up now, you, you've heard sound from Rick Patino, You've heard a lot of sound from Richard Patino. You have heard from Dick Vital and Dan McHale. As we wrap this up, let's, uh, let's do one more of the really hard-hitting questions that Richard Patino loves so much about his dad and the fact that his dad is well known for wearing very high priced high dollar suits in all the games he coaches Richard was asked on Thursday are you going to try and top your dad's suit game Sunday in the pit oh no I, I I've my goal is to win enough to get enough power to have every coach that wears a suit on the sidelines be fired and never allowed to coach again. Because I, I text him all the time, stop wearing suits. We're all comfortable. You're ruining it for all of us. He's one of the only ones still doing that, though. It's a lot of his tree, too. Kevin Willard does it. Mick Cronin's doing it. My dad's doing it. I have a list in my office of all the coaches. Uh, so, oh, I fight him on that. I keep, keep telling him, stop wearing suits. I'm going to tell Snake to get, get after you if you're wearing a suit. Uh, I, I am team quarter zip, and I am not going back. So... Uh, I don't know what he's going to wear. I haven't asked him yet, um, but uh, I will be wearing a cherry quarter zip to go along, and I will be very comfortable. All right, well, there you go. You had to wait almost 42 minutes into this podcast to get the answer that I know you wanted, the question everybody had. You come to me for the hard-hitting questions, and I delivered. What will Richard Patino be wearing Sunday in the pit when the UNM Lobos take on his dad's team, the Iona Gales? The answer, cherry quarter zip. All right. I uh, appreciate you for listening to this unique podcast, the way it was put together with sound from several different uh, post-game press conferences, pre-game press conferences, and from different sources, different times. Uh, also, very much appreciate Dick Vital for, for his time talking to me about this game, and Dan McHale for sharing his unique perspective um, about the uh, about Rick and Richard Patino and, and coaching with both of them and, and being there the last time they coached against each other. So thank all of them for this. And I thank you all the time for listening to these podcasts. I, I do ask that you keep following our, our uh, coverage in of all sports, really not just Lobo basketball, but of all sports at abqjournal.com slash sports and subscribe. If you can, that's the best way to help local journalism. It's important. So it allows us to keep doing these podcasts and keep doing our coverage and getting to travel to cover the, the games that were one of the final newspapers really doing that at this size, at this level. So um, I do appreciate the Albuquerque Journal for still investing in those resources to bring to our readers and listeners of this podcast those kind of the kind of news that we're we're able to deliver right now. And it only happens with subscribers like you and listeners like you. So abqjournal.com slash subscribe. Always rate us on however you're listening to this. If it's on iTunes, if it's on Spotify, whatever it is, just 
hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. These podcasts will be delivered directly into your into your app if you are subscribed to our podcast. So appreciate you for listening. Send the feedback at Twitter or on Twitter at Jeff Grammer. You can email me, ggrammer at abqjournal.com. Thanks for listening to this one. Hope for those of you that are going to Sunday's basketball game, Patino versus Patino in the pit. Hope you enjoy it. It's been a fun season to cover for me so far. And uh, look forward to continuing these podcasts and bringing you a whole lot more coverage of global basketball as the season progresses. So until next time, thanks for listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast.